The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Brother Robert and I were sitting around the other morning and he was reading the 12th chapter of the book of Isaiah. And he said he read it over and over and over again. And when we sat down and we started discussing it, back and forth, come together, it says. Let us reason together. And there's something special there. And Brother Lonnie alluded to it as we see the Godhead and that God sent His Son and that His Son told us that He had to depart so the Comforter could come. Over and over in the Old Testament and Jesus tells us concerning the Old Testament, search them. Search the scriptures. He wasn't talking about the New Testament. The books written, the gospels of his earthly ministry and the epistles of the apostles. He was talking about the old books of the prophets and Moses. And we're to search them. What are we to search them for? We're to search them because they testify of Jesus Christ. Would that not tell us that we need to, be, we need to see Jesus? Amen. And if we see Jesus in the old law, who else are we going to see? We're going to see the Father. Right. And if we see the Father, we have to see the Comforter. Right. Amen. You know, we don't have to get very far. Brother Lonnie says we need to believe Genesis 1.1. Right. But you know, Genesis 1.1 is about God. Genesis 1-2 is about the Spirit of God, which is the Holy, the, the Comfort. Right. And Genesis 1-3 is that that said, let there be light. Right. Who's the Word of God? The Word of God is Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God right. in the beginning. Amen. And the Word was God. Right. Is Jesus God? He's absolutely. Amen. God manifest in the flesh. It's the veil that God chose to put upon this earth that God himself could visit man. Because God visited Moses one time and told Moses, you can't look upon me. And he said, hide yourself in the cleft of the rock. Brethren, we have a rock that hides us and keeps us if we seek him. As we have traveled this journey here, we're reminded that not everything we do goes as planned. Brother, I want to tell you this morning, God's plan is salvation. And the final redemption of His saints it's done. Amen. It's done. Right. You know why we know it's done? It's because in Isaiah, it tells us this. In the 51st chapter, it says, God looked of the travail of his soul and was satisfied. Amen. He was not just looking at his work on the cross. He was looking at the total body of work of Jesus Christ and the total body of work of Jesus Christ is not yet 
fulfilled in our world. It will not be totally fulfilled in our world until we see Jesus come back that second time without sin unto salvation and he's going to separate his sheep from the goats. Don't you love that? He is showing ownership. He calls us his. We are the sheep of his pasture. He is our shepherd. So here Isaiah chapter 12 verse 1. Look at what we're going to find. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Thou that wast angry with me. Who is angry with man? The father was angry with man because man disobeyed him in the garden. Thine anger is turned away. Where was God's anger fully turned away and satisfied is when Jesus bowed his head and said it is finished. God's anger was put away. And then look what happens. And thou comforted me. Who's there? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in its totality and starts with the anger and ends with comfort. It's that in our time and in our world, what is always going to come before glory? We're always going to have tribulation and trials. It's going to come. But Jesus says, don't worry about it. He says, I've overcome the world. In the world, you shall have tribulation. Anybody here not have problems in their life? But look, God's anger is satisfied. And we should be comforted in that knowledge. And yes, we know this. It says, John tells us about loving our brethren. How do we have assurance that we are heaven, uh, 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 that heaven is our home? We are bought and paid for and we're headed there. We do that because it says we know. It's not by chance. We know we've passed from death unto life. We know that God is no longer angry with us and he's comforting us because we love the brethren. That's why we can have assurance this morning. And that assurance uh, comes to us because we love the brethren. And as we tried to talk yesterday, speak about uh, the the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is a family. You know, family is important. You know, if you really think about as the churches uh, in this land and, you know, out in California, we have a seven-year-old church. We rejoice it's been there for 70 years. You know, that's a baby church out here, isn't it? That's one that just starting out here. The churches have been meeting for 100 years out, out here in this part of the country before there was a church. The churches in California basically were families that left the Dust Bowl in Oklahoma and Texas 
uh, in the early 30s, late 30s and 40s during the Depression uh, to go find uh, a, a place to live and raise their families. And you know what they did when they got to California? Before they ever started planting crops or anything else, they found those of like precious faith and established a place to worship God. And most of them were families. The church I pastor had one family that uh, was basically the driving force at that church for years. They established that church and they met at that church and the building we meet in still, they built. And you know what we're reaping the benefits of today at Madeira are the labors of those dear brothers and sisters that have gone home to be with the Lord. We are reaping the benefit of the work they did. And scripture tells us about that. It tells us about uh, the Lord uh, when uh, telling Joshua and Joshua telling his people, uh, you're going to go in today and possess a land uh, uh, that has vineyards that you didn't plant. There are buildings that you didn't build. But you're going to go in and possess them. Brother, we are possessing uh, this this kingdom uh, that we're part of here uh, and this uh, church here in this location because of the labors of our brethren that have gone on before that were faithful in the Lord and the Lord is faithful. Amen. Amen. It says here in Isaiah, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust those brethren trusted in the Lord. When it got down to one person, What a testimony to the faithfulness of that one person. You know, I was not raised primitive Baptist. I was not raised primitive Baptist. Now I'm at a fork in the road, brother. You pray for me. I'm going to, I want us to look in the book of Mark in the fifth chapter. I think that'll be a good place to mention some things this morning. In the fifth chapter of the book of Mark, the Lord has, and and there's there's a message here, but this is the message I want to get from it, where the Lord cast out that one, and the Lord says, what's thy name? They said, Legion, and he cast him out of this man that was was torn and, and all the years of his life because of this, uh, this demon in him. And in the 15th verse, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. See, everybody had seen this individual all his life being uh, uh, with this demon in him. And, and you know what? I don't know if you've ever been around people, well... <laughs> Sometimes I look at my little granddaughter and I wonder. She's a handful. Love her to death, but I'll tell you what. That little girl has a mind to her. She's three years old and she knows what she wants. And she's going to do it her way. And if I had a son one time. I put a bowl of ice cream in front of him and said, all you have to say is please and you can have it. You know what he did? He went... Anyway, 
And they saw it told, uh, and they that saw it told them how it befell to him and was possessed of the devil and also concerning the swine. There was witness to how he acted. There was witness. You know, Brother Lonnie mentioned the uh, uh, dinosaur print and the man's footprint. That's called circumstantial evidence. And you ought to be able to come to a good conclusion based upon right. that type of circumstantial evidence. This isn't circumstantial. Right. That's right. This is that other kind of evidence. This is a direct testimony. They saw this happening to him. And when they began to pray to him to part out of the coast, they, they wanted him to leave. They, they, what, what in the world? They wanted the good guy to leave. They wanted the bad guy back. And it says, and when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. He wanted to be in a good place, didn't he? He saw something in this man. But look at, this is what I want to get from this. This is what Jesus told him to do. It says, howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith to him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Amen. Now, the message there is the, the compassion. But I, I want us to see who the Lord told him to go talk to. Did he tell him just, you know, go down the street and start uh, uh, whooping it up, telling people? No, because the people already saw him in his right mind and they wanted him gone. See, he had had no influence over those People, they had already made up their mind. So he told them to go home and tell his friends about this. Who do we have influence over in our life? We have some influence over those of our own households. What did Joshua say? Uh, where he, where, where he, there, after he told them about going in to possess things, and, and I'm going to be like Brother Lion, I'm going to read it. 15th verse of the 24th chapter. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served uh, that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But for me and my house, who did Brother, who, who did brother Joshua have influence over? His house. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He told everybody else, those ones that didn't have that, that same influence he had in his house, go ahead, you choose. You choose who you're going to serve. But I and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. You know, family's an important thing. Our natural families are a manifestation or should be a manifestation of the kingdom of God. Elder Mike Ivey wrote a, a book or a, a pamphlet uh, several years ago. He called it the community of the church. And what he, what he showed was he got this house. He said, look at a house. A house has a whole bunch of rooms in it. And, you know, is that how we live our life? We, do we live our life in, in rooms with doors on them? Right? You go down the hallway. I remember a house that I grew up in. And I could still see the hallway. And in the hallway, you had a bathroom door. And you had a bedroom door here, and a bedroom door here, and another bedroom door back here. And I'll tell you what, when they turned out the lights in that hallway, I didn't want to go down it as a little boy. It was dark down there. My bedroom was the last one in the hall. But 
If our life is like that house, over here behind this door is my job. And over here behind this door is my social life. And over here behind this door is my family life. And oh yeah, this closet over here, that's church. <laughs> and you don't worry about how I act when I'm behind closed doors. You know, our new house, we, we bought a new house. Lord blessed us to live a mile from the church. We have a New, it was a new home when we moved in there. And they have this new floor design. They call it the great room. And what the great room encompasses is the living rooms on one end, the dining rooms in the middle, and the kitchens on the other end, but it's one room. Yeah. You know what? I can't go into the kitchen and act differently <laughs> than I would in the living room because I'm in the great room. The kingdom of God is a great room. Yeah. And everything we do and the way we behave in our life, we should be doing it as if we're in a great room. Amen. Our behavior is not to be different uh, in, in one compartment than any other compartment. Get the compartments out of your life. Amen. Because compartments in your life are those things that hide God from you. Or, you know, you try to hide yourself from God. Let's put it that way. How well do you think that goes? How, how well do you think your life's going to go trying to hide from We read in Scripture some that tried to hide from God. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite books in the Bible, I'm a sailor, right? I did 22 years in the Navy. Book of Jonah. Yeah. What did he try to do? God told him to go here. He wanted to go 2,200 miles the other direction. That job was about 2,200 miles from where God told him to go preach at Nineveh. Nineveh was about 80 miles. It was quite a walk. But he would read, he'd go, he wanted to get on a ship and go hide from God. And then he, then he got on the ship and where'd he go? He went down into the ship to hide some more. And you don't think God knew where he was every moment? But you know what? I think God knew where he was when he was in the belly of that fish. And there's mercy there. There's mercy in the belly of the whale. So the lesson here that Jesus teaches us is where do we go to have influence? Let's look at, uh, really quick, a place where, you remember when Jacob <clears throat> wrestled with God? You remember when Jacob wrestled with God? And he says there in that 32nd verse, or in the 32nd chapter of Genesis, in the 27th verse, the Lord asked him, what is thy name? What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Brother Lonnie told us about Jacob and his, his importance in Scripture yesterday. Because God used Jacob and Esau to show us the doctrine of election. And the elect are those that are the family of God. That are the saints. And by the way, the saints aren't people, and I came from this background, are not people that have done something good in this life and they're being recognized and called the saint. 
Because we already know what Jesus says about that. Don't rejoice in your works here. Rejoice because your name's written in heaven. But he says here, and he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince. What's prince mean? Prince means that he is the uh, related to, uh, in a direct relation, the next in line, you will, from the king. His prince is Jacob. No longer Jacob. Jacob is Israel. And as we heard yesterday, uh, not all Israel, not all the natural descendants are children of God, but the spiritual descendants uh, of Jesus Christ, that Jacob being the type here, Jesus Christ is that prince, and we are heirs and joint heirs with him. He's our elder brother. And what's that make us if we're brothers and uh, to God, we are princes. We are royalty. And are obligated to follow the rules of the king. And we told you what that was yesterday. The one rule. Right. <clears throat> and I'm going to read that to you. Because we are talking about testimony. And I... And I, I, this could get away from me really quick, but I want to I want to share some a, a, a couple of things that happened to me in my life. Why I'm standing here right now, and if there's any benefit of being here right now, it started a long time ago. It started when I met a little redheaded girl about 37 years ago. I was not going to church. I was in the Navy. I was working out because I was special warfare. Okay? I already knew I was special, right? Because <laughs> I was told I was special. And I believed it. Right? And I, I met this little... And, and by the way, before I ever met her, a couple of times that she testified in her family that caused a change in her family had already happened. One time she went to church with a little girlfriend of her and she asked her dad and her dad at that time was not going to church. And said, so she wanted to go to church with her girlfriend. And she went. And she loved it. She loved the Lord and loves the Lord to this day. And thank God for her. But she come home one night and said, Daddy, is it hard if I join this church? And Daddy said, nope, get your clothes on. We're going to my church. <clears throat> one person. Yeah. And their testimony in, their, in her family right. caused her whole family to come back to the Lord and worship him as they are. Got him out of the world. A little while later, you know what she told her mom one time? She said, Mama, I'm going to marry me a primitive Baptist boy, but he may not know it yet. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about by now. <sighs> when she was 15, I was already in the Navy. You know, I, I, I'll tell you, I married a younger woman. But, but I was in the Navy. 
doing these things. So when I meet her, she says, the first thing I have to do is come and meet her daddy. And by the way, by this time, her daddy is ordained elder in the Primitive Baptist Church. Daddy, I want to join this church. No, you're not. We're going to the church. And so here we are. We went on a couple of dates. And boy, I was a good date. You know where I took her? I took her to the track so we could run together. You remember I was special. I needed to work out. I needed to try to impress her. I don't think I impressed her very much. I tried to impress her by picking her up one time and I hit her against my truck and almost broke her back. That was really impressive. Anyway, so I, had, I went to her house. I met her dad. And, uh, and, and, and as it went, there was another night where I was actually going to take her on a real date. I was. I was going to take her on a real date. I even bought a new pair of pants, I think, that night. The night she met me, I was, oh, we won't even talk about that night. But here she is. She comes to the door. I'm knocking on the door. And she goes, oh, I mean, deadpan. Oh, we have a date. So, yeah, we have a day. Oh. Well, there's a minister in town. And, and, and I want to go to church tonight. You want to go to church? I'm special. <laughs> and she says, yeah, I'm going to church tonight. I wasn't going to convince her otherwise. She's going to go to church. I turn around. I walk away. And then I'm thinking, I'm not saying it out loud, but I know what I'm talking to myself in my mind. I said, her loss. <laughs> That's it. I'm special. <laughs> and she says, you want to go with me? Hmm. Okay. You know, I, oh, I had to drive 50 miles to her house from the base. So I'm there. I might as well try to spend a little time with her. Maybe I can get a little attention. Right. <laughs> we went to church that night. And have you ever seen somebody that was so stunned by something that they could not speak afterwards? The sermon was from. Genesis talking about the servant, if he had a desire to stay with his master after the year of Jubilee, would have his ear nailed to the door. This is 37 years ago. I've never heard, I've never been in a church like this. I've never heard, uh, been in a worship service like this, never heard a sermon like this. I'm stunned. We get back to her house that evening, and as I'm getting ready to get in my truck and go back to the base, I say, can I come and get you and take you to church? Mm. I wasn't trying to impress her anymore. Amen. Mm. Here I am today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Young people, you hear what I'm trying to say? Yes. Go tell your friends the great thing God has done for you. Amen. You want to get... You, you want to show 
people the beauty of the house of God and get them into the house of God, mm. they got to know something about what they're getting into. Right. And go tell them the great things God has done for you. I want to look at two other places very quickly. And we'll bring our comments to a close. I want to go to the fifth chapter of the book of Acts. Because this shows the importance of sharing with family and friends and the blessings that come from sharing with family and friends. Look what happens here. In the fifth chapter, the apostles have been beaten and they come out of this beating and they, 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 they say they went on their way rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. And look where they went to teach. Now, now let's remember, very quickly, we've got to go back over to uh, where the Lord was teaching those parables. Before he taught the parables, he was teaching the apostles where to go to teach them. He says, if you go into a house and they receive you, abide there. Teach. But if you go into a house and they will not receive you, they reject you, it says leave, and when you're leaving, as a testimony against them, you shake the dust off your feet. Right. That was, that was a, a, a Jewish, and it's to this very day, that is a, a, a thing that they do. Uh, it's a testimony, it's a symbolic gesture of testimony uh, showing that they have been rejected or you're rejecting them. Yeah. Right? Shake the dust off your feet and move on. Right? You're not going to convince people that don't want to hear. They're not going to convince people to hear that can't hear. It says, in daily in the temple and in every house. Guess what? There were still temples. They were establishing the church at this time. They were establishing churches and going about and ordaining elders in every city. But in the meantime, they were teaching in the temples that were still uh, up, and they were teaching in the house, in houses. And what did they, they teach? It said they, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Amen. What are we going to tell? We're going to tell people the great things that God yes. has done for us. Amen. You know, think about the publican, the Pharisee and the publican. You know, the Pharisee prayed unto himself. And he looked at that publican in disdain and said, I'm not like the other man. I'm not like him. But that publican said, he, he smote on his chest, could not so much as look, lift up his eyes to heaven, but said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Which one of those two men's houses went up to his house justified? In other words, which house would you choose to go to? Would you want to go to the Pharisee's house to hear all about him? Or you want to go to the publican's house and hear all about what the Lord has done for you? Amen. Which one of those men was justified? Yeah, one more place. It's Acts 18. Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his 
house. You know, Scripture tells us something. And husbands and fathers, we have been given a responsibility from God to our families. It says, fathers, bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers have great influence. It's, it's the way God designed it. We need to do that that God has told us to do if we expect the blessings of God in our life. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You see uh, uh, the dynamic here of us having uh, the manifestation of what the marriage should look like? Christ gave himself for her. Children, you're not, children are not let, let to go astray, go wherever they want, are they? Children, obey your parents. How? In the Lord. How are they going to obey us in the Lord if we don't teach them about the Lord? Amen. We, we, and I was, I was the worst father. I would punish my kids for something they didn't know was wrong. It was wrong, but I didn't tell them it was wrong. They didn't know it was wrong until I punished them. We can't be that way. We got to do it God's way. Because if we don't do it God's way and our natural families are not looking to the Lord and all their house, we're not going to have this type of family. Amen. We're not. Amen. That's why the numbers dwindle. It's because, you know, just think about this. I have two sons. Neither one of them go to church. In some ways, I don't blame them because I didn't do what I should have been doing as a father. But if just one of them started coming to church, they're married, brought their wife, and they have kids, guess what? My wife and I just doubled the amount of members in the church when we're gone. The church should be growing. But if we're not growing in the spirit, and we're not growing in grace and knowledge, and understanding and applying these things in our life, that's why we dwindle. Because people aren't doing it. This man here, Crispus, it says here, uh, the Lord spake to Paul, and Paul was with him, uh, and they're saying, the, the fellow persuadeth men to worship God, contrary to the law. There's another reason why... <laughs> God doesn't want us to go out in this, into the world like this. I mean, it's hard enough to try to convince our own families. And we're not to get disappointed if we can't convince somebody. You know what we're to do? He made it simple, didn't he? He said, go tell. He didn't tell us, after you tell them, wrap up their hands and their feet, throw them over your shoulder and make them come. How many times do you think they're going to come if you make them come? Right? You got to want. You have to have a desire. You know what? One of the things about Jesus and his work here in this world 
He wanted to do it. Right. Send me. I'll go. <coughs> he came. He did the work of the Father. And he also told us what our work is. What is our work? What do we do to do the work of God? We do the work of God. It says that we believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. You ever try to convince somebody of something you really didn't believe? Boy, they can tell it in about a New York minute, can't they? If I stood before you without conviction, just, you know, and, and I'll tell you why, there has been times I've stood in the pulpit and I feel like I just, they just knew that I didn't really believe what I was saying. But this morning, I believe what I'm saying. Amen. And I hope the Spirit of God is coming forth in that manner. Yes, sir. That God is blessing us together this morning in the Spirit to understand that what we are to do in the kingdom is to love one another. Amen. That we keep that royal law to love our neighbors as ourselves. And you know what? By the way, John tells us how we love God. Right? Because Jesus said, these are the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God, Father, your heart, second like and the first, love thy neighbor as thyself. There's two commandments. But why is there only one royal commandment? There's only one royal commandment because it says if you say you love God and hateth your brother, you're a liar. And the love of God is not in you. That's what John says over in 4, John, uh, 1 John 4.20. But it also says, and this is the commandment we have of him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. If we're loving our neighbor, guess what we're doing? We're showing God we love him. And while we, and, and if God loves us, he loves, it says right above there, we, uh, uh, we love God because what? He first loved us. There's a progression there. We don't love God just because we decided to one day. But we need to go forth and show, as Brother Lonnie preached just a little bit ago, we need to show the love of God that abideth forever. And brother, the love of God is not always easy. But Jesus even helps us through that. The tribulations and trials. And if it says, if people hate you for my sake, it's not that they hate you, they hated me first. And we need to be about doing the very simple thing. Go tell. Amen. Go tell the great things God has done for you. You ever have a, a desire, and by the way, you ever have a desire to tell people things and you just... Ah, maybe I better not. Maybe I better not. Brethren, that desire is not of you. Right. That desire is not of you. That desire is God in you. Wanting to come out. Because Christ is in us, the hope of glory. It says, but to work out our own salvation. With fear and trembling for it's God in you. To do uh, of his good pleasure. Be ready always. Sanctify yourself. And be ready always. To give an answer to the hope that is within you with meekness and fear. God bless you is our prayer. I've sure enjoyed being here this weekend and trust that uh, my desire is to return again Amen. soon. We thank you for listening to today's message. 
For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.